Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, and today I'm joined by good friend of Bike Radar, regular contributor and bikepacking expert, Catherine Moore. Catherine, how are you today? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, today we're going to be discussing very specific practical tips on how to better plan your next bikepacking or cycle touring adventure. Last year we did a really good uh, series about kind of adventure cycling in general and we went over some quite general tips for planning cycle tours and bikepacking trips. But today we're going to go through really, really specific tech advice, we'll call it, uh, looking at sort of tools that you can use online to better inform what lies on the road ahead. Mm. Catherine, just before we get stuck in, how are you doing? It's been a little while since you've been on the Bike Radar podcast and what have the last few months held for you? <laughs> well, yeah, I've relocated in the last few months back home to Devon, which has been a delight. Uh, some awesome trails and roads on my doorstep now. And um Mostly been getting stuck into the DIY rather than uh, doing too much hard work. So that's been a joy. Lovely. Well, great stuff. We're glad to have you back on. And uh, Catherine has hosted quite a lot of podcasts for Bike Radar previously. You can head back to the archives and enjoy every one of those. They're all a fantastic listen. Now, the first things first, it's all very well and good planning your own sort of horizon chasing, adventurous adventure with sort of unknowns around every corner. But for many people just starting out with cycle touring or perhaps those that just want to have a more relaxing holiday, there is absolutely no shame 
in using somebody else's route. There's so many good resources online and so many wonderful rides that have been done by the, the wider cycling community. Using those as inspiration or just the basis for your own trip is definitely a fantastic starting point. Now, Catherine, this is something you have quite specific experience with. And over the last, I'd say, couple of years, if that's true, you've put together or helped put together quite a lot of routes uh, for the likes of Cycling UK. Talk us through that kind of process, how you go about planning routes and some of your sort of uh, favourite ones you've done here in the UK. Yeah, I think we're so overwhelmingly lucky in the UK to have such a huge bank of these routes. I mean, some of them have almost got lost in time. There's things like the Sandstone Way up in uh, Northumberland um, that no one's really heard of, and it was sort of put together maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, it might not even be that much, actually, but... Um, other things have sort of superseded them. So obviously the Cycling UK routes have really been popular over the last few years with the King Alfred's Way kicking it off, um, the Great North Trail before that, in, in fact, um, just a little bit more remote. But King Alfred's Way, super, super accessible to so many people quite close to London um, and the southeast, and then the West Kernow Way, these uh, multi-day trips that are just so easy. You can literally pick up the file, do a little bit of research beforehand, highly recommended. Um, pick up the guidebook, they're really good. And off you go. So that makes it really, really easy and takes the stress out of a lot of the planning. And if you're not local to an area, it just makes it so easy because you know that what you're going to come up mm. against is is going to be really decent and legal, legal, which I think I think is often overlooked because, you know, you I started out road riding you go on a road, unless you're like turning down a farm drive or something that says private, you pretty much take for granted that everything you're riding is legal. Whereas when you turn on to off-road stuff, as a lot of us have done in the past few years, sometimes tricky to tell. Sometimes it's a fine line. And especially if you're going abroad, I think if you've mm. got a local who's put together some routes, maybe on like a blog or um, through an app or something like that, then it is really handy just having that peace of mind that you're not going to get chased down by an angry farmer or something like that. On the kind of UK side, it's a really good point, actually. Um, Alice Thompson, who's also been on this podcast, uh, recently wrote a good guide to sort of access laws in the UK because it isn't very clear and it's it's all a bit sort of contradictory at times when you consider byways and bridleways and the likes. Um, that guide is on bikerader.com. I will put that in the description for this podcast, but it's a really good read. Uh, but the conclusion is that you should just move to Scotland because uh, yeah. you can ride wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I was riding there last week and we were just getting back down to Aberfoyle from these trails that um, humbled us, should we say. And we were trying to work out which way you should go. And there was a footpath and we were like, but we have to ride it because it's a footpath and it's legal here. And it was amazing. It was much better than the trails. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> much more rideable for us anyway. <laughs> Looking at the routes as well, you know, considering not even just the terrain and the sort of comforting knowledge of what will follow with the terrain. You know, these routes will often have really good recommendations for things like campsites or public cafes. toilets, cafes, <laughs> you know, all the stuff which you like, you know, if you don't have to think about it, of course, there's still fun in, in sort of stumbling upon places. But if you're just starting out or if you just want to have a very low stress holiday, like it's great. It's kind of like a, a paint by numbers cycling adventure. And there's no shame in that at all. Looking outside of the UK, there are loads of other good resources online. Our friends at bikepacking.com have a really, really good sort of 
I guess, archive or database of great routes around the world, often kind of um, paired with really nice write-ups where you'll get good, a good idea of the sort of terrain and what to expect. Photographs. Great photographs. And likewise with Kamut as well, which will often put together um, sort of collections of different routes in different areas. Are, are there any other sort of apps that you like or resources for finding routes outside of the UK? Oh, that's a good question. Google, mostly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a specific area in mind or a specific trail, just trawling through the web and, and finding what you can. And it might just be some really obscure route report that somebody's written a couple of years ago, but it, you can get so much information from those sorts of things as well. Local authorities as well. Aberfoyle is a good example, actually, where um, we're not talking sort of multi-day trips, but the likes of the gravel foil collector that's been put together. You know, I think a lot of local authorities and tourism boards are really realizing the value in sort of gravelly adventures. You know, they see it as a very low impact, high value tourism opportunity. And a lot of them are investing in putting together these routes and resources for kind of good cycling uh, areas. But if you want to go a little bit more manual, heat maps are also a great way to uh, pick up on good trails to ride on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ah. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, absolutely. Find out where the locals have been. Yeah, and then follow them. Um, now, the thrill of the unknown, as I said, is half the adventure, but it is sometimes nice to know what to expect. Um, I love venturing into the back of beyond, but when it comes to things like, oh, I don't know, planning a wild camp, I'd quite like to know roughly where I'm going to stop. And there's a number of really, really good resources uh, and little tools you can use online to sort of help inform what to expect. And I think the first of those that is probably most relevant to uh, our cycling audience is the likes of Commute Trail View, which is a new feature which was rolled out in Commute fairly recently. How does that work, Catherine? Yeah, so when you're in the route planner, you just get these little green dots all over the map. And they're essentially photographs that uh, the Commute users have uploaded that have been passed through by the AI that have said, you know, yep, yeah, this isn't a selfie, this is a picture of a trail, <laughs> um, and that have been added on there. Um, and they're super handy because they're pinpointed exactly um, using the geolocation of where they were taken. So you can look on there. And I, I get a lot of questions about routes that I've put together about 
A, is this, you know, can I ride this on a gravel bike or do I need a hardtail or a full sus? And I get a lot of questions about, oh, are my 40 mil gravel tires going to be wide enough? So just to be able to like have a look for yourself mm-hmm. and see, you know, along a very varied route or, you know, maybe you're planning a road route and for whatever reason, the digital um, data behind the mapping isn't quite accurate. Mm-hmm. It might say that it's a gravel track, but you see on Trailview that's actually been tarmacked recently yeah. or, you know, and these things change. It's very fluid over time. So it's just an extra tool to be able to see sort of what you're going to be facing. So it's really handy. Yeah, it's Street View, Google Street View kind of performs a very similar functionality, though, more more manual. You'd be surprised as well, um, or certainly I was, the number of uh, cycle paths, like actual dedicated cycle paths, which are covered by Google Street View. A good example I uh, just did a big cycle tour with my partner and our tandem a couple of weeks ago and heading sort of northwards out of Glasgow. I'd never really ridden the Forth and Clyde Canal that much. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just kind of curious about the surface or whether there was gates specifically. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, right in the middle of nowhere by Bishop Briggs, I could drop a Google Street View pin on a canal path and it, it's done the whole way. And, and it's true of many, many different places. And it's really helpful. Also for things like junctions or like, oh, maybe I'm going to turn up that fire road and I'll find a wild camping spot up there. Mm-hmm. Is there a gate at the bottom of that fire road? Well, often with Google Street View, you can find out. I, I really use it very, very frequently when I am uh, planning routes. Another good one, and this is quite specific to the UK, but this is Quite charming website, we'll call it. It's very old school. It's not the easiest <laughs> to navigate. There's a great website called geograph.org. It's fantastic. It's really good. <laughs> it's very nerdy. It's very nerdy. <laughs> the, the concept behind it is that the whole of the UK is split up into um, grid squares based on uh, ordnance survey mapping. And the sort of goal of the game of geograph is to take a photograph within every grid square in the UK. And there's kind of varying degrees of coverage across the length of the UK. But for most places, you will be able to get a photo of a grid square. So say, for example, you found a fire road or a track right in the middle of the Scottish Highlands and you want to know, ooh, is that a bit of a boggy path or is it actually a really well-made Land Rover track? Often, you can drop down on Geograph and get extraordinary amounts of detail (laughs) about the the trail itself, but also just the local history and, and areas like that. I use it all the time for trying to plan things. Is it something you've played with much? Yeah, definitely. When I've been doing my research for Kamut, I've used it loads. And quite often people annotate it with a bit of local history, mm. annotate their images, or um, some of the images date back quite a long way. Yeah, like 15, I'm, 20 years. Almost often. like pre-internet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really fascinating because you can see how that's changed over time. And yeah, especially for the more remote areas, I'd say they're really handy. Really, really handy. Places where Street View maybe hasn't got yet. Mm. Yes, I would say actually on this, you know, it is very much a um, a UK-centric thing. They do it in Jersey and Germany too, actually. It's in Germany, if I remember correctly. If you're listening from a different part of the world and you know of a similar tool, do let us know. Send an email to podcast at bikerader.com and we'll uh, have a little sniff of that one. Another good way, the likes of Ride With GPS or Kamut or any, Strava as well, but most ride planning apps, will give you the option to switch between different types of maps. Now, Catherine, I know as, as part of your work with Komoot, you use this quite often, the satellite view, for example, to sort of identify trails. Talk us through how you use that. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good one 
to use if you're looking at like field boundaries or whether a track is a single track or a double track sometimes Mm -hmm. that's quite obvious from a satellite view and then switching into other modes as well like osm cycle map you can um, get certain amount of data such as long distance cycle networks from things like that and they're really good ones because you know that they're sort of tried and tested Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i know that um certain people will have their qualms with the British uh, Sustrans network or what have you. But I think generally for touring or if you're armed with a gravel bike, it's mega. I just have one bone to pick about a very, very, very steep hill in South Wales. I can't remember exactly where, but it was... It was a real slog, a push, I, uh, a push. I have to say you know, that <laughs> the, the NCN should never be overlooked when it comes to remote areas. I mean, the, mm. the tour we just did was kind of all around Scotland and we stuck to the uh, the NCN routes for the most part. But you are right in saying that the sort of, the, the, generally speaking, the Sustrans are very good at annotating yeah. what to expect. But if you're going in blind <laughs> into a cycle path, you kind of often assume, ah, I'll be a railway path. But I think I know the one you mean in Wales. Yeah. And it kind of goes up and over by the wind farms behind like Risca and everything. Oh, no, this is another one. Oh, wow. But, well, you know, I don't think we can blame Sustrans for the topography of Wales. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> it's vertiginous, uh, vertiginous <laughs> valleys. No, uh, OSM cycling is a really good view, I often find. It's sort of user generated as well. And you get all sorts of useful details in there. Right down to actually... Um, often water points are marked. You can actually filter on the uh, OpenStreetMap app to find taps, which is very, very helpful. Um, And it's something I have loaded up onto my Garmin for that very purpose, for filling up bottles as well. And sorry, we're sticking with sort of the UK theme here, but Ordnance Survey mapping really is the kind of gold standard if you are wanting to get a good sense of what to expect on the ground. Um, A good old paper map should not be overlooked. Often can be found very, very cheap secondhand or as I do, I have the uh, subscription for the yearly app and it is really helpful. I do use it a lot. I'd really like it if you could integrate OS map viewing with the likes of Komoot or Strava Ride the GPS. That would be the dream situation, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it just? I quite like taking a paper map if I'm going on, um, especially in my local neck of the woods now on Dartmoor, like if I'm going on a mountain day trip there. It's one thing following a dotted line for getting from A to B, but I really want to soak it in. I'm so curious about things. I want to look at a tour and think, okay, what's that one? And yeah, you can look at it on your phone, but it's quite fun sometimes having a paper map and taking a bearing and like properly understanding the context of the the landscape that you're riding in without trying to sound too poetic. No, no, Um, totally. And like properly, yeah, immersing yourself in it. And Also, I mean, if you're not on some back of beyond adventure, it's just good practice. Like my map reading skills, I was very, very good at it when I was younger, when I didn't have a Garmin to follow and I've definitely de-skilled myself in that regard where if I'm on foot I don't think I could I don't think I could count steps very well these days um but it is it you know like being able to give you a grid reference or a, a coordinates is, is a really good skill to have and on the subject of sort of paper maps and in a similar vein I really really highly rate downloading offline maps for the likes of 100%. Google and others totally totally a useful thing to have because hey what if you don't have signal (laughs) and you need to know where the next cafe stop is? It's a really helpful thing. It costs nothing. If you Google how to download offline maps for Google Maps, that's probably the easiest one, but you can do it obviously for the likes of Commute as well. Um, Yeah, just a good insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
On a similar note, Catherine, you said you really like to write down the towns you go through with mileage between for a similar purpose. I'm going to sound really old school now. That's fine. Um, yeah, I get like a little bit of card or it could be the back of an envelope or something. And then before each day, so whether you're in your little Airbnb or in your tent or something, you sort of go through the route and I write down each town. I write down each high point or peak and any other really important information. And then, you know, if you do have some dramatic technology failure, you've got it there. But also I just find that that's like a mindful thing for me to do, to look through the day's route and I actually know what I'm coming up against. And um, I, I really like navigating and being aware of what I'm doing. So I just find that's a really nice thing to do. And then I fold down the piece of card or paper whenever I pass through each point. <laughs> uh, oh, it's very sad. No, it's not. It's very charming. Um, so, similarly, on, on our last big tour, I uh, I think we were away for f- uh, 15 days total uh, we were away for. And I had the full route loaded and I didn't really expect any problems with the Garmin. But nonetheless, I had the full route as a one and I split each day up on this lovely kind of day-by-day Google Sheet. And then I'd have the mileage for each day, where we were camping, things like the phone number if we needed to do all that. And again, like it's unlikely these days that anything will go wrong. But what if it does? It's it's not unheard of if we have to pull into a payphone, remember those, and call ahead <laughs> to the campsite. It's just a good. It was a nice thing to have, and also because I'm uh, unwell, clearly decided to have the entire eight uh, thousand kilometer odd route in one single file. <laughs> not me- recommended. Not recommended. We'll come to that in a second. It meant I could sort of refer back to the sheet and say, okay, well we're on day six, and that's going to be a hundred k or whatever. Um, it was very very helpful. And just quite a reassuring thing. But yes, on that, uh, one of your top tips, Catherine, was that splitting your roots is a very wise move. Yeah, it just means that your head unit or your phone or whatever you're using to navigate, um, if it's not a paper map, there, um, you know, has a smaller uh, size file mm-hmm. to deal with. So it's less likely to conk out. You know, you hear these horror stories of people doing these ultra cycling things and, you know, one day in they've wasted three hours trying to get their route to work because they loaded it all in one go. Um, and also, like, I like using the function on my Wahoo um, when you're on the route and it shows you how much longer you have to go. Yes. So you can mm-hmm. sort of pace yourself and not eat all the Haribo before <laughs> you <laughs> No, it's a really fair point. I, I very much regretted not splitting the route before we left. Just because if you decide you know okay, we're not going to go down this road. We're going to just take a little shortcut down here. You know, it's by the time you rejoin the actual route, your Garmin has recalculated that because it is such a big file. It's just, you know, they're small computers. There's only so much they can actually do. So splitting your route. Be kind to your Garmin. Be kind to your Garmin. (laughs) The the time to destination thing is a really fair point as well, where I was like, well, oh, we're going 16 kilometers an hour average and we have uh, 60 kilometers to go, so we'll be there roughly, plus stopping time. And uh, I really stretched my mental arithmetic skills, which are very limited Exactly what you want on holiday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Finally, you know, we're just kind of going through some quick fire points here. I think, without stating the obvious, checklists. Checklists are the the cycle tourist's dream because unless you so happen to have see-through, orderly panniers, 
the the stress of not knowing what is packed at the very bottom of that dark, grubby pannier <laughs> is it can be overwhelming just before a trip. If you are time pressed, have you packed your head torch or not? Who knows? Well, if you've gone through and made a spreadsheet, or I personally like to use Google Keep and the sort of checklist functionality, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I have like a box of bike packing kit that I usually use. So I, I don't actually have a checklist. Ooh, but I saw an amazing out. image the other day. I think it was from our friend Will Jones. It, it was... Shared of the Rough, Rough Stuff Fellowship mm-hmm. image of somebody's bike touring setup with big panniers. And on each pannier, there were these sort of strips of tape, I think it was. It was like a label. Sort of, yeah, like label. What was in paper, each pannier. Uh, not paper, sorry. Fabric labels. Which is such a good idea. Yeah. Why, yeah. Don't, why don't we do that now? Because yeah, it's easy enough, I think, with a sort of standard bike packing setup where you've got front roll, seat pack, and, you know, everything has its place. But when you've got two panniers that look exactly the same, all yeah. of that goes out the window. Or if you're to sound smug about our tandem, you have <laughs> four, two, two, four <laughs> plus the top bag, plus oh. Laura's bag, plus the handlebar plus bag. Plus two people to pack things in different places. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds like carnage. It was carnage. We got packing up after camping, I would say at best, down to about half an hour to get everything. After how long? Down. How many days it takes to ease into your system? Uh, we're pretty good. I won't lie. We've done quite a lot of touring on that. I'd say after the first day, we're kind of pretty settled into it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, half an hour is still bloody ages. <laughs> and then you spend ages wondering where you put everything. Anyway. But labels, though. I think that's the next big thing in bikepacking. Labels. <laughs> <laughs> Bag labels. Lovely. Absolutely. Iron on that don't affect the waterproof. Mm-hmm. Water, water, waterproofing. Waterproofing, that's the word. Trying to go for waterproofability. That's quite it's a, a lovely mouthful. word, but a bit of a mouthful. Um, I'd also, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also say, speaking as somebody who ran their phone down nearly every day on the cycle tour, on your big nerdy checklist as well, or perhaps stuffed into the back of your phone, put a sheet down with the key phone numbers you need to have. Mm. Do you know your mum's phone number off the top of your head? Yes. Oh, really? Obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Don't my, you? I don't know my dad's phone number. No, I, I don't even know Laura's phone number. Off They're the top like of my engraved head. into my brain. I could, I could do the landline, but not the mobile number. Well, What's anyway. the landline? <laughs> I'd, honestly, though, a, a sort of a, a, an emergency contact sheet. Mm. If you are stuck and you need rescue or whatever, like have a paper copy. It just means that if anything does go wrong, you've got that sort of backup, and uh, you know. Failing to plan is planning to fail. All that, you know? Any other final tips from you, Catherine? Yeah, just on that note, actually, with safety in mind, if you're going on your own, there are loads of apps and things these days that offer a live track sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's the classic mountaineering thing. Like, if you're leaving a pub, tell them when you expect to be back and what your route's going to be. You know, these are quite remote areas that we're heading into. And while 99.9% of the time everyone, you know, gets back safe and happy, Mm -hmm. um, do take advantage of the technology. Mm -hmm. Um, It could save you or someone that you're riding with. Um, You know, it's there to be used. Or you can just show off to your family and be like, look how far we cycle today. (laughs) (laughs) All those sort of tools we discussed so, Geograph, Commute Trail View, all that sort of stuff, we'll put in the description for this podcast. Um, They are really, really helpful tools. And, you know, as you become more experienced cycle tourer, bike packer, of course, there is a real thrill in venturing out into the unknown. But also, we're very fortunate to have endless amounts of information available to us on the internet. And sometimes it's just good to admit that it's okay (laughs) to research before you go. Catherine, 
Thank you very, very much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. I look forward to seeing more of your stuff on the site in the near future. And thank you for listening to the Bike Rider podcast. Give us a five-star rating if you think you deserved it. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, leave those on podcast at bikeradar.com. And again, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends. Or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode.